You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hi folks and welcome to episode 61 of the Let's Talk Apple podcast. This is the show for September 2018 and I'm your host Bart Bouchotts. Joining me today I have a fabulous but very much distinctly British panel. Um, we have Gaz Maz from the MyMac podcast with us. Hi Gaz. Hello. Long time no speak I think. It has been a while actually. You've, you've been all busy with summer and stuff and yeah it just yeah. hasn't worked out. Absolutely. Keeping uh, well, still doing the MyMac with Guy unbelievably uh, still as insane as ever i hope absolutely good good i wouldn't have it any other way and then also joining us we have the entire essential apple podcast uh it's both simon Purnell and mark chapel have uh, come onto this panel so hi guys hello Evening. how are we doing yeah, it's, it's kind of weird so i have an entire show as a guest on my show but anyway <laughs> um we I, have I thought we were gonna have nick as well actually but uh... We we were due to have Nick, but um, something came up, and he he's off doing something. So I I don't want to break his confidence, but he's he's no fair he's, enough. He's yes. uh, he's otherwise engaged precisely. And I always say to people that life comes before podcasting always. Um, so I hope he's having a good time. Anyway, we have a lot of news to talk about from this month, but just before we get into the new news, just a few quick follow ups on some previous stories. Um, last month we talked, I think about a teen who hacked into Apple's servers. He was an Australian kid and nicked off with a fair chunk of data. And thankfully not user data, it was Apple, Apple proprietary company data. Um, and he had been found guilty last we heard. And thankfully he's been sentenced to probation, which is probably appropriate for you know a kid. You don't really want to see their lives get ruined. So that sort of puts a bow on that story. Um... Then many moons ago, Apple announced the Logitech Crayon, which is sort of like a pencil that doesn't need to be paired. And it was uh, initially just for available through school or through their education program, so only for schools. It has now come to general availability as promised, so anyone can get their Logitech Crayon. And just to say, for those of you waiting for group FaceTime, it has made a reappearance, not in the final version of iOS 12, but in the iOS 12.1 developer beta, which has just been released to developers this week. So it does appear to be back on the horizon. So with all that said, let's get stuck into some new developments from this month. And the first one we have is kind of another follow-up story. Um... So this one is confusing, and this one has been completely misreported all over the media, at least here in Ireland. I'll be curious, actually, if this even made the radar outside of Ireland. But um, Apple has paid all of the 14.3 billion euro that the EU Commission say Apple owes in taxes they pulled out of their rear ends. Uh, But they haven't paid it to the Irish government. They have put it in escrow because the Irish government continues to be appealing the case to the European courts. Uh, but what was reported in the media was that the, the case was over, but that's wrong. There was a second case. So the EU Commission filed a case against Ireland to demand the money be paid straight away. And that case has been dropped. But Ireland's case appealing the actual money in the first place is still ongoing. So basically, this is 
an exceptionally meaningless story, to be honest, because Apple were always planning to pay into the escrow and the Irish government were always planning on having it go into the escrow. So really, there was never any need for the EU to sue Ireland in the first place. So this whole thing is a non-story. And people are reporting it as, you know, Apple resolves case with Ireland. There is absolutely positively nothing resolved here. It's it's completely ongoing. Uh, For those of you curious, by the way, exactly how this went down. So the EU... um, the EU Commissioner for Competition decided to use competition law to decide that Apple should that the Irish government should have had different tax laws to the actual tax laws in this country. Now, according to the actual treaties governing the EU, Ireland has every right to set their own sovereign tax laws. Uh, but anyway, the EU Commission invented the taxes they think Ireland should have had and then told Ireland to make Apple pay those invented, made-up taxes. And the Irish government are very clearly saying, uh, no, we have the right to set our own bloody well taxes. That's how we compete. That's why the Irish government are appealing being handed 14.3 billion euro, because it's literally killing the goose that laid the golden egg. And the whole notion of European competition law being used to bypass the European treaties is disgraceful, disgusting and horrific, in my humble opinion, as a completely unbiased person living in Ireland and completely dependent on these companies. (laughs) Anyway, anyone have any thoughts on that bit of technical minutia? Uh, Well, as you say... But it's it's all fairly meaningless, isn't it? Now, I did I did uh, see it. I can't remember. I don't think I saw it on the quote unquote mainstream media. Although I think it might have made either the Independent or the Telegraph. Um, and it was actually reported fairly correctly. Oh, at good. Least here in the in the UK, um, along the lines of Apple have paid into you know into uh, a secure account into escrow the money that the EU says that they owe and the Irish government are leaving it there because they are still contesting that they're owed it in the first place. Excellent. So, oh, I'm glad to hear <clears> that was properly reported because a lot of the stuff I saw here in the Irish media was horrifically badly reported. Um, yeah, I mean, it didn't get a lot of coverage here, I will admit, but what there was, I guess, was probably in the more... Um, factual. Ups- factual. Press, good, good. Where it uh, made more sense. Well, yeah, I mean, to be honest, there's not going to be any real news in this story until that case goes ahead, right? That is that is a really, really big deal. You know, do governments within the EU have the right to set their own tax policy as laid out in European treaty or is competition law going to be used to trump the actual treaties that created the EU in the first place? It's, it's a fairly existential deal for a country like Ireland, Luxembourg and a few others. Yes. Very much so. Not, not for you guys, because you're sodding off, but for us it's a big deal. <laughs> well, allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly. yes. <laughs> um, Unless I, we have a, whatever it is, and yeah, in name only, or perhaps yes. if we change our mind and take up the French on their offer of, shall we just all look the other way and pretend it never happened? Actually, if you stay in the single market, you're right, then it is your problem too. But anyway, so, hmm. someone else was trying to chime in there. Yeah, I was just going to say, I assume that um, the fact that you have to put it into escrow means that you're basically signing away all rights to it. Because if, obviously, if the Irish government do win the case um, and it takes six to eight months, there's an awful lot of interest on that 14.38 billion or million, isn't it? I, I wonder who's getting that, yeah. In fact, it's billion, isn't it? Yes, it's billion, fourteen point three billion with a B. Yeah. So I wonder if when you go into escrow, whether there's, a, you know, we we need a legal eagle on there, don't we? we yeah. Find out whether whether interest is still being accrued and whether if Apple then get it back, they will sue the EU Commission for <laughs> for, well, for lost interest. interest. Yeah. <laughs> without getting into, um, yeah, without wanting to get too deep into it, I would assume, and uh, I'm no lawyer, so assumption is a very dangerous thing to do, but I would assume as in effect, the, you've handed over the money. Yes. Mm. 
but the money at this point doesn't belong to anybody. Yes, it's been kept so in trust. It, so arguably, it should continue it, to accrue interest, and then whoever gets handed it in the it, end gets both. Gets gets both. I would I would think that would be how it works. Even if the you know even if the trustees take a percentage of the interest as their commission, Payment. as it were. Yeah. Yeah, but that um, I would assume that if it if it spent a year in um you know in trust and then it could, it could the final be more, oh yeah, or more that the, the you know if the final outcome was no, you've got to give it back to Apple. Apple would be within their rights to say yes, and the interest thereon. Yeah, I mean, standard ECB interest rate would seem to be the relevant interest rate to apply. Anyway, that's a talk about going down a rabbit hole, and I think Tim Cook will be <laughs> yeah, fine either right. way. Sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, but it's an interesting question, actually, because in these kind of sums, 1% of 14.3 billion would set me up for life. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, Several lives, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's insane money. Um, and also, just to say that in case you thought that Apple v Qualcomm, which is the new Apple v Samsung, if you ask me, in case you thought that was over, nope, not over. No way. Qualcomm have decided to throw another allegation into the mix. Apparently, Apple stole their secrets and gave them to Intel, don't you know? So, uh <laughs> That's, that shall continue to develop. Um, just a few quick notes on Apple's hirings and firings, although in this case it's hirings only. Um, Apple have hired Liz Schimmel, formerly from Condé Nast, and uh, her new role at Apple is head of news business. So she's basically taking over Apple News. Uh, so it's good to see Apple continue to invest in that. And then Apple have two interesting job adverts up, one for a or and one for a senior system neuroscientist. Which sounds rather mm. intriguing. <laughs> yeah. So, and as we'll see when we come to look at the new hardware, Apple are very clearly still extremely interested in both machine learning and AR. So with all that said, let's stop burying the lead. Um, Apple had a wee bit of an event. Um, but before we get into the wee bit of event, I sort of, I decided let's talk about the software before we talk about the hardware. So Apple had a wee bit of an event and we'll get to that as our story number two. But as story number one, I want you to cast your mind back to the previous Apple event, which was at WWDC when Apple promised us a bunch of new operating systems that were coming, quote unquote, in the fall. Well, the fall was uh, during the month of September. So we now have those new operating systems. So... I'm assuming that most people on the panel have installed Mojave and or watchOS 5 and or iOS 12. Is, is, I, I've done all three. Uh, Gaz? Yes, I have. To my regret, it's causing me a few problems Ooh. on Mojave, but uh, the uh, they're not major, major. I think they're, they're something uh, very restricted to uh, my account for some reason, but they'll give me a bit of a headache. But yes, I have installed all of uh, the above. One of the above, uh, Mark? Yeah, I went. I, I I actually did it a safe way. I bought myself an external SSD, USB three did, chucked it on there, and it's been running absolutely fine. So much so, I think I'm going to uh, ditch my current uh, High Sierra setup and just go external USB with Mojave. So I, I, as I say in the advert, I'm loving it. Oh, that sounds good. Now I'm getting even hungrier. We were already commenting on how hungry we all were before we started recording. Um, and lastly, Simon, have you taken the plunge? Um. Yes, I, I've, I mean, I've been on the iOS uh, 12 since beta 1. So, Oh, wow, you're I really living on the edge the here, di- taking chances. <clears throat> um, I, I normally do, I'll be honest, I normally do. Um, I I would have uh, been on the Mojave public beta, but because the Rogue Amoeba software was not compatible until about five days before public release, 
Yes. Uh, As a I podcaster, wasn't... yeah, that's a bit of a problem, isn't it? <laughs> That kind of uh, that kind of shanghaied me. So um, I have installed uh, I installed Mojave on public release day, um, and I currently have in my queue waiting to go on uh, twelve. Uh, was it fourteen point one public beta one? Yes. But I thought I'd I'd leave that until after this show. Oh well, thank you very much. <laughs> most <laughs> considerate of you. Um, just before Alison Sheridan starts reaching for her keyboard and typing at me, uh, Alison, I am fully aware, and I'm about to correct my panelists. That it is Mojave, like wasabi, not Mojave. It's not a posh French place. It's a desert in California, so it's Mojave. Fair enough, Mojave. Okay. Yeah, so I remembered like Mojave, like wasabi. I've no idea what wasabi has to do with a desert, apart from they're both hot. But yeah, it's best I can <laughs> yeah. come up with. If it works. There we go. Um, I'm going to go through the three big OSs one by one. But before we get to there, um, just to say that Apple also released an update to Safari. And the great thing is that even if you didn't take the plunge and update to Mojave, you still get... um, you still get the Safari new features, so... Uh, Safari 12, isn't it? The Safari 12, yeah, for High Sierra and Sierra. So that means there's three currently supported OSs by Apple, which is more than I'm used to seeing. So that means that you get the extra protections from ad tracking and also extra security stuff that Apple have put in place. So, you know, for everyone, it's great that their web experience becomes a little bit more secure. So I just want to say thank you, Apple. And the return of Favicons. And the much, much, yeah, the, the people who care about favicons, oh my goodness, do they care about this. <laughs> and those who don't really don't, but those who do are absolutely over the moon with the return of the favicon. It's not on by default, say, though, is it? Is it not? Is, I haven't, I mean, mine just appeared when I, when I, uh, you know, uh, I don't, I don't see any at the moment. So let me just go into preferences here in Safari. Where would I find Are these thing? favicons on the tabs? Yeah. Yeah, and also in your, you know, if you have um, if you have folders of sites or whatever, I wonder where they would have put there. that. Show website icon in tabs. It wasn't on by default for me, and now I've just clicked it on. Oh, that's well, nice. mine. I guess mine might have come back because it was on previously when it was available. That is entire. That that seems sane and sensible to me. Yeah, and I just turned I, it on. This is nice. Yeah, I'm liking this. I I I did, although I can't say that I'm super fired up about them. I mean, um. The it return is of them was right. pleasant because the um, I have quite a few pinned tabs. Yes, and, um, me too. Me too. Yep. With, without without the favicons, they're just little grey circles with the initial in, which is somewhat less help. It does visually help. You no, know, it does because a lot of websites put effort into their favicons, so the branding continues through, and it's much easier. I'm a visual person; I don't go reading. So I do actually find it easier to scan for a particular color icon and a particular shape of icon, even if they're teeny tiny and you can't really see the detail of the logo. Just the vague shape is usually enough, shape and color. So, yeah, I don't know why they went away, but I'm glad they're back. Yeah. Okay, also, to me, not all that exciting, but tvOS, technically speaking, got an update. So if you have a Dolby Atmos, you now can have whatever that does on your telly. Um, a very very perfunctory update, if you ask me, and also um, the HomePod got a fairly perfunctory update. Um, I guess a few useful things: speakerphone and support for Siri shortcuts. Been the two headline features there, which is I guess sort of just bringing the HomePod in line with iOS twelve more than anything else. Uh, anyone on the panel a HomePod user as a matter of interest? No, no. I'd, I'd love to, no. but I I can't. I've got a Sonos, so. 
the justification for a 350 quid speaker isn't quite there for me yet, but I keep looking. Well, next time, right? It be at all, so there you go. Yeah. I'm at a stage where I'm thinking I might at some stage in the future, but I'm not, I'm not in any mad rush because, I don't know, I always have my phone or my watch or my iPad or my Mac, so... You know, generally speaking, if I shout, hey, lady, someone answers. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing is, having used the Alexa doodah, mm. I've ended up speaking to Siri in the same pace that I would speak to Alexa. And I keep forgetting you've got to basically address her, pause, and then carry on talking. Or and most of the time, you say the command, you get the didink, and then you can continue talking. I found like doing the whole. Ahoy, uh, hoy, telephone, what is the temperature like in Munich? It's a bit hit and miss. You've, I've I found it's been a frustrating that I've just got to slow down and to do anything, whereas Alexa just doesn't have that problem. It, that's been addressed in Mac in watchOS 5. Um, I found it to be much more like you're describing, where I can just speak at all. And she'll take a moment to catch up if she needs to go connect to the Wi-Fi or whatever, but she won't She won't get cranky about the fact that I raced ahead. And then she'll do her thing and get back to me. So I found that to be better, actually, with watchOS 5 than it was before. All right. Um, I, I, I suppose it has been a little bit better. I haven't, well, to be honest, I haven't really played with the watchOS yet. In fact, I've got to be careful I don't say it because I've got my phone right next to me and it's looking at me saying... <sighs> what can I do for you? Yeah. <laughs> I dare you. Go on. This is, I'm daring you. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, let, let's start with Mojave. So um, the update to Mojave. So I've been, um, I think the feature that everyone wants to like is dark mode. I so far haven't been bothered. Um, there is a tip in the show notes. Someone released an app called Night Owl, which you can have automatically turn your Mac on and off night mode depending on the time of day which is kind of a cool idea so I, that, I might install that actually that might get me to use dark mode uh, but to me that's just the, the the fancy pants so it's actually to me much more useful that I've already needed and I mean literally I've only installed the OS a few days ago but I've already needed and it works perfectly is continuity camera this this is just so great um so I, I'm doing a bit of paperwork at the moment, and one of the things I needed to provide to get my bloody passport renewed is a scan of my marriage certificate. Now, I don't have a flatbed scanner anymore. Well, I probably do if I went looking, but I think I'd have to blow the dust off it. But I just went into preview. I went import from iOS device, I think is what the menu is, and it showed my iPad and my phone just in the in the list there. I clicked scan document from iPhone, picked up my phone, it face unlocked, the camera came on, I pointed vaguely at the document at any random angle, it found the edges of the document, completely corrected the aspect ratio, snapped the picture and went, are you happy with that? I hit yes and it appeared on my Mac instantly. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I haven't used it yet, but I'm I'm oh. really looking forward to that. It just is going to be such a time saver. Well, I can, I can report it worked like an absolute champ for me today. The other thing that's worked way more reliably for me since the upgrade is just continuity in general. So I took a phone call on my laptop this morning and it was the most flawless and perfect experience that I've yet had. It, it you know, it, my phone was... I don't even know where my phone was. I sort of misplaced it, but it was clearly within Wi-Fi range. Uh, but my Mac rang, and it was the embassy who wanted the documents I then had to go and scan with continuity camera. Um, 
and it just worked. I just clicked the accept call button on my Mac, and you know the nice lady from the embassy just came out of my Mac, and it was it was so nice. The continuity is that Apple have continued to to invest in it, and yeah. it's working really well for me. I'm just delighted with it. it, it continuity was a brilliant um, for me anyway. A brilliant um, add on as soon as they uh, you know introduced it. Yeah. Um, there have been times where it's been a little bit funky, but most of the time it works absolutely fine, and it, it appears to continue to get uh, ever better, which suits me down to the ground. It's fabulous. Yeah, that's the value, right, in being... I mean, the fact that Apple do everything from soup to nuts, it, the, the whole point of that is that you get this kind of integration, and the fact that it's working reliably and working well is deeply pleasing to me because it's not like Apple don't from time to time come up with a cool idea, half implemented once and then never give it an update ever again. You know, so glad to see continuity is not in that camp. True. Um, Let me see. The other thing is the privacy protections have become much more iOS-like. So I have... Every time an app wants your micro, or not every time, the first time an app wants your microphone, you have to grant it access. And it's actually worked really well for me. So obviously as a podcaster, I have quite a few apps that need access to my microphone and it, it has just worked. So I opened up Discord today and nothing happened. I thought, that's a bit weird. I clicked to join the voice channel. As soon as I joined the voice channel, a little pop up from the OS. Yeah, Discord is looking to access your mic. Yes or no? Yes. Bing. You know, Skype the other day. Perfect. Audio hijack. Perfect. So it's it's great. And this way, only apps that I choose get to use my mic, my camera, I get to access my sensitive documents. Yeah, it's brilliant. And by the way, Bart, did you see the report? I could not believe this. I really couldn't. Malwarebytes, who I really do think do a brilliant job, uh, you know, with their mm-hmm. uh, with their Malwarebytes product. Uh, one of their guys put out um, a, a thing saying that the avalanche of uh, security requests in Mojave, or Mojave, sorry, Mojave. There you go, Alison will be happy now. It is, um, you know, is likely to cause dialogue fatigue and cause people to stop caring about what the dialogue say. And I think that is absolute pants. Hogwash. You know, how that is desperately attempting to knock Apple for doing what they everybody should be doing, which is saying this app wants access to this item. Are you okay with it? And as long as they only ask the once, I do not mind. If it asks me every damn time, then yeah, I might get the hump. But yeah, and we've had this on iOS, right? So we, yeah, we, okay. So the first day you install the OS, you're going to hit it a few times. But in normal life, it's only when you install a new app you're going to get hit with it. And how often is that? I mean, th- th- mm. they've done it right. Th- th- I, I, I don't know. I think there's just some clickbait hunting going on there. Yeah, no, they, there I think click, so. I, there could be clickbait. But it, what you've got to remember is some some of these people are, are, are talking it from the everyday user, and perhaps a little bit more explanation of that's why they're doing it to the you know your everyday Joe that goes on. We understand it. We get it. We get it totally. But I'm not sure that. Um, everybody does. So um, I I know where they're coming from. I do agree with you. It probably is clickbait to a certain degree. And it, it's whining about the wrong thing. Totally agree with that. But I think a little bit more explanation at the start of when you've installed Mojave for every everyday users might just be uh, a good piece of communication. I, I don't I, know about I, that, Kaz, because, I, the, I mean, what they ask for is really, really clear. You know, blah app wants access to your microphone. Like, if you start putting lots of text around it, like Microsoft 
tend to do in their dialogues. I think that makes things worse, not better, because you're just distracting people. No, I'm people. not talking about each. I'm not. I'm not talking about each pop up. I mean, at the start, at the very start, because actually, I, 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 oh, I think okay. there is. I think there is, guys. But I suspect, like me, you've probably because you know what it says. You click past it already. When you first, when I first launched no, Mojave, no, I got no no such message because I I I apart from the great big long agreement which you have to read, and if it's in no, there, no. shame on them. Then no, I, no, I read I read everything else on my update. There was a thing. There was a there was a thing, nope. and it's got the little blue, the little two blue men shaking nope. hands. Nope. And it said something about. Well, maybe I clicked onto something then because I definitely there was a thing saying in Mojave, Mojave, sorry, <laughs> just call it Maswabi. Yeah. <laughs> um, you you know we will ask you specific permissions like one time per app. I'm sure I saw it in there. Didn't There's it a thing. do a pop-up like iOS does well, where it's it, a view the new it, features? It, Wasn't that a little notification that yes. was available to There's click on? There's a little on? thing. That There's two people shaking hands. Like to, No, know, that's like separate. The... That's separate. The two people shaking hands is the new privacy agreement. And like Gaz says, that's not oh, where right. it was hidden. But what happens separately... Yeah, so anytime... You, that icon, by the way, those two people shaking hands, become familiar with that because Apple, a, a change Apple made a few months ago. Every time Apple are going to do anything with your personal data, they're going to use that icon. So you need ah. to associate that icon with I am requesting your information. And it's brilliant that they're doing this consistent branding. It's across all of their OSs. That icon means we are agreeing to exchange personal data here, which is wonderful. Uh, and, and but I, separate I like to that, the, Gaz. I like, that, I like the sound of that icon, but I, I certainly have, I don't remember seeing No, that. so separate to that, what also comes up is just a small little notification using Notification Center that says View New Features. And when you click into that, you're then taken to a list of the shiny new and one of the things they highlight in the shiny new after dark mode is the uh, privacy settings. But it's very easy to miss that little dialogue. And I don't know if it comes up the very first time you're on the OS or like a day or two later. But at some point it will pop up as a little notification sent notification. You know, welcome to, Moh- to Mojave. See what's new or something like that. I definitely saw a screen saying about we will... I'm with you on that one, Simon. I know the one you mean. There is, there is definitely a screen which says something about we will now specifically ask, you know, permission to do things like access the camera or... I think that was in the new features or... one. I think that was in the new... Anyway, okay. the two things happen. They ask you to agree to privacy stuff and they offer you a, a thing to see the new features and definitely one of those two definitely contains Can... uh, a, 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 the stuff on this. Yeah. And it's a good thing as well, because it, it, it even though we've been so used to just installing apps and clicking away and you know, no one ever reads the terms and conditions, I think it's probably about right now that people sort of do have that reminder that you know, apps are asking for stuff. Mm. So I think it just sort of brings it maybe more into the, the stream of consciousness, so to speak, that, oh, yeah, it doesn't do any harm just to have a bit of a reminder to say, you know, apps will share data, apps are after things, at least Apple are sort of like just giving a gentle reminder. And if it could be worse, it could have been Windows Vista style. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I Every mean... time you click something, yeah. Do you really want to allow this? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because if, so yesterday I launched Audio Hijack to record a Let's Talk Photography, and today I launched Audio Hijack to record this show, it only asked me the once. If it had asked me again, then I would have gotten to the cranky pants stage. Yeah. But it didn't, so exactly. I'm not cranky. Well, not about that. 
Um, I'm just sort of thinking, just something else in the show notes that people may find interesting. There's a nice tip for how to create a bootable uh, installer drive. If you have multiple Macs, you may prefer to, to shove the installer on a thumb drive and boot off that instead of downloading it separately on each machine. And also just a heads up that there are some there are some iMacs that cannot run boot camp with Mojave, um, some sort of driver issue. Um so it won't break. It'll just tell you, sorry, but if you upgrade to Mojave, you're going to lose your boot camp. And I don't know if that's temporary or permanent, but anyway, there's a link in the show notes to a story that covers that. And that's sort of yes. all that I had that sort of caught my eye. To, to some extent, this update is basically just keeping keeping the Mac in line with the cool stuff happening in the other OSs because they do all sort of have to move forward in lockstep because they're so integrated. So does anyone have anything else they want to raise about Mojave? Um, well, I mentioned at the start that I've got one or two issues, but I think yeah. they're user specific, so I'm I'm not going to dwell on them. Although one of them I have seen from other people, and that uh, that is the App Store update, um, or the apps, yeah, the App Store update. I can only see updates in the App Store, um, oh. and I have seen that complaint from a few other people. So I'm going to have to try and work out what setting within my user profile is is not right because when I go onto other user profiles, um, it it's fine. So there's obviously something in my user profile which is is doing something. And the same, huh. I cannot right-click on my Magic Mouse now. It won't come up with the submenu. Uh, and huh. I've tried all sorts of tricks. But again, it works on other users with other another Magic Mouse and also on other machines. Um, so I'm, I think there's something in my user profile which I've, I've messed up at. And one quick question. Does anybody remember there being magnetic edges to Windows? Yes, they that? used to. If you had two Finder windows and you brought them near each other, they would snap to a certain extent. Yeah, so that now happens with all windows. Oh, okay. Oh, yes, because it, it threw me because I was I was trying to move a window over another window and it wouldn't move. It kind of hesitated slightly. And I thought, what am I doing here? And I, I think now it, uh, it now happens on all windows. There's just a slight magnetic pull. Which it must is be good very if wanna, slight if because I'm just it is very slight. playing with it, it now and it's not happening for me. It is it is very slight, but it, it, it is there because I've, uh, I've just been messing about with it because I was trying to move something earlier. I thought, why isn't that moving? And then realized that, that was that's what was happening. Oh, it's pretty slight, yeah. Oh, it it's is very the... slight. It is very slight, but I quite, yeah. I quite like it. I quite like that, so. Yeah, it's very, it is very slight. I'm trying it now. It's... It... I'll tell you so, what it's reminiscent of to me, and that's actually the um, palettes in Adobe do that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so um, so for me, other than those two things, which I think are fairly user-specific, I think it's been a solid update. How have you found the performance? Because obviously, did you do a clean install or just banged it over the top? No, banged it over the top. I always bang Oh, I shouldn't say that. I, I, <laughs> I always do a, a, an over-the-previous uh, OS uh, install. Yeah, I've done an over-the-top on this laptop as well, and I was actually pleasantly surprised that most of my terminal hackery and stuff was all still exactly as I left it, and it was... Like, these these updates are so much smaller than they used to be now at the annual that it, it was a very smooth experience for me, actually. And once the Mac got over it, you know the way the first time you do an OS update, it has to re-index the whole drive for Spotlight? So once that was done, the performance is at least as good as it used to be, if not... It feels a bit snappier to me, all in all. I was, was going to say when I did my upgrade to High Sierra, it just it just all seemed bogged down. It just something just seemed to be a bit blocked. So I was just wondering, you know, 
if uh, what was it the, the activity D or the Windows server that's what they rewrote wasn't it uh, for High Sierra and I think they rolled it back in Mojave not sure so if anyone knows let me know I, I know I think that was I think it was Sierra then they rolled it back for High Sierra because there were some issues with it weren't there anyway I it's, do remember that it's, it's been that's smooth by that yeah it, it, it's smooth I've had um the only issue that I have had, um, <clears throat> sorry, in the last couple of days, is that I've had to do the iCloud sign out, sign in dance to get everything to go back into um, true alignment. As that was I interesting. Found that um, various because... bits and pieces were not showing up 100% across all my devices. That's interesting because I was very surprised that none of my devices made me do the iCloud dance. Neither an iOS 12 nor macOS Mojave, which was wonderful because my iTunes password is long and complex. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised I didn't have to type it in on my iPad or my iPhone or my Mac. So interesting. Well, I, I mean, I have I to. I've been wanting that, but I don't think my that's you've got to have a special Bluetooth chip inside your Mac, haven't you, to uh, to unlock it? Uh, you've what, got to have a watch. Okay, the, yeah, the, with, the, with watching the phone, wasn't it? Because I've been wanting. Okay, the phone doesn't unlock your Mac. I, I think you're confusing all sorts of things here. We were just talking about the, the usually when you upgrade your OS, it makes you sign into iCloud again. That's all we were saying. Ah, uh, mm. right. Yeah, sorry. Anyway, speaking of watches, let's let's jump to WatchOS five. So, um, how, how many of us on the panel are watch users at all? Because obviously, if you're not a watch user, then this is quite irrelevant to you. Um, Gaz, are you a watch <laughs> watch person? I I am a complete and utter newbie to the watch. Oh, a newbie to the watch. Interesting. So, I, uh, should we? Uh, so, did you go with one of the shiny new pieces of hardware then that we're going to talk about I, later? I. I did, yes. We can talk about that later if you want. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll hold that for later, guys, because you obviously haven't Sorry? experienced the upgrade to WatchOS 5 no. then. No, no, I haven't. For you, it's always been like this. Whereas for, for... It's, all, it's always been this great. Yes. So it, so I upgraded from 4 to 5. Anyone else on the panel oh, do the upgrade? Yes, uh, I've done it. I've done it, and I've, been, I've actually gone out for a couple of runs with just my watch and my iPod and my um, AirPods, and it's been lovely. It Excellent. really has. It's on the Series 2 I've got. It's a little bit, I don't want to say laggy. It's not as snappy. You oh, that's when, funny. When you're out for a run and you bring up my, your wrist. If, oh, that's what happened to me the other day. So I was out for a run. I, I know my one-mile marker. Mm-hmm. I bought my uh, wrist to have a look. It took a couple of seconds for the screen to come on. And then, because I was running Strava, I had all the information there from when I started. So, you know, you've been going for 10 seconds, la, 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 la. And it's, it was a good five, six seconds before the actual display updated, which sort of threw me a little bit. Because when you're, when you're out there and getting in the zone, you don't want to have to be waiting or looking and stuff like that. You, you just want to have a really, really um, quick snapshot of what's happening without having to go, oh, is it working? Is it updating or, you know... That's interesting, because my experience is the exact opposite. My watch used to do silly, laggy things on watchOS 4 and is now a lot more... less laggy on uh, the new watchOS. What, what, which watch do you have? I have a Series 2, so you exactly the same, two. yeah. I'm, I'm just wondering if, you know, like how 
sometimes phones or Macs when you install a new OS are, are busy kind of indexing themselves. Background, background, you know, upgrading everything bit by bit. And if that's something to do with it, because you know, there are always endless stories. Latest OS, you know, made my phone go like a snail. And yeah. most tech reviewers will tell you this often happens for, you know, up to 48 hours and then suddenly it returns to perfectly normal as it's done all the shenanigans in the background. Yeah, that uh, I may just be it. if that's yeah. something to do with the watch. And, and obviously the more things you have, you know, the more Stravas and mapping things and whatnot, they're probably the more stuff there is to shuffle. Yeah, because I've actually found that to be nice and snappy. And also I really like the... I mean, the changes to the Workouts app are subtle, but the typography is way clearer. And finally, at long, sudding last, there is an icon to show you what workout you're doing within the workout. Because I am perpetually petrified that I hit outdoor walk instead of outdoor cycle or something by mistake. And now I can just see, is it a cycle chap or a walky chap? Oh, that's good. good. And, and the other um, thing, right, the tiniest of little features, but it has made me so spectacularly happy. So if you're playing media... Then the little pip at the top of the watch where the notification icon comes or the little icon to say that you're in do not disturb mode, there's a tiny little thing that looks like equalizer bar sitting up there now while you're playing media. And if you click on that, it gives you quick access to the play, pause, volume control, etc. So if you're playing media, you now have instant access from the watch face without having to waste a complication. And that makes me so happy. Isn't that how it's always been? (laughs) No, Gal, it's not how it's always been. You used to have to waste a complication on uh, on on the current media state. Sorry, sorry. Yes. No, it made me cranky because I, basically I didn't have a spare complication, so I actually had it set that my my doc would be not by my doc would not be alphabetic, but it would be I think most recently used, and that way I'd always be jumping into the media app. It was very annoying. Whereas this is great. So that was a feature they didn't even mention on stage, and. It's, to me, it's the best thing about the new OS. So anyway, I'm easy to please. And I, of course, cannot use the new OS because I have a Series 0. Yes, I, the, the 0 at this stage, I think, I I just... Um, actually, I got, to the, I got to use Apple's Giveback program with my old Series 0. Um, and I got 60 euro for it. Hmm, bad. It's not bad at all, yeah. And so basically the way it works is you go to Apple's website, you click on the give back thing, you fill in your details, they'll ask you questions like, have you broken the screen? Is it water damaged? All the usual stuff. And then at the end of it, they'll make you an offer. And if you click agree, they'll send you a box by courier, which includes a prepaid return label. You pop the watch into the prepaid thing and you send it back to them. And the great thing is they only want the watch. So you now have an extra charger and extra bands. Mm, Very good. So dead chuffed with that. The Apple Watch is it is pretty amazing in a lot of respects, such as you know it's durable. I was I was out there, I was um, doing some DIY and I had the drill on a hammer action, and I realised it's like oh my god, I'm doing this and I've got a small computer on my wrist. You know, it's <laughs> it's, it's hellishly durable. Yeah, I mean, I'm mountain biking and all sorts of loony things with my watch, and you're absolutely right. The poor thing is getting shook and whacked and banged, and I'm. The glass is also surprisingly rugged because I have definitely swung my arms into brick walls and things, you know, and people are passing me on the pavement too too close and stuff. I, I just regularly I've scuffed it off things and gone, oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. a it's, huge fan. It, yeah, it's, 
Uh, the, the new one, though. Oh, are we coming on to that now with the new watch, or are we sticking with the OS? We'll stick with the OS. I just want to do iOS 12 before we move into the new hardware. But uh, any anything else from WatchOS 5, other than just a sort of a, a nice polish update? I mean, Joy listed to podcasts with it due to the APIs, and I'm using Overcast. Uh, had a little bit of a problem getting it to sync because obviously it does it overnight, and I don't think... You could just say sync a particular playlist, uh, but that's been really nice. Again, going out, nothing more than my watch, some headphones, and uh, yeah, I'm, it's it, it just feels like what Apple do, which is take their time to get a naturally evolving product. And they, although it's sort of, you could argue, it does feel like that they're working it out as they go along. Mm. Um, it just seems it's just really nice. I, I don't know how else to explain it. Hey, every every update makes it just a little bit more polished, and it's it's a, you know they discover the rough edges as they go, and they just pair another one off, and they pair another one off. the The auto start and auto stop workouts isn't is a particularly enjoyable um, little tweak this time around. That that's worked for me a few oh, times. Yeah, uh, pa- f- yeah, pausing the activity, isn't it? Yeah. So basically. You're you're doing a workout or whatever, and you end up being st- in my case, you end up being stopped by someone for a chat, and your watch will just tap you on the wrist and say, "Do you want to pause?" So yeah, thank you very much, Apple Watch. Pause, and then if you get the started again, it'll tap you on the watch. Going, I think you may have started again. Do you want me to resume? And you go, "Yes." And the great thing is, it travels back in time, and so it retroactively pauses and retroactively resumes as appropriate, based on your actual activity. It's nice, you know. It's not earth shattering, but it's nice. Uh, that's been the the thing with Apple recently, though, hasn't it? We've all we've stopped sort of expecting the, the new whiz bang shiny, and we just look forward to like the constant sort of natural iterations and just how things seem to get better and smoother over time. And especially with iOS twelve, look how many devices that supports. I mean, that's yeah, that's well, a fairly let, biblical thing in itself. Well, let, let's let's transition into that. So. Apple promised that iOS 12 was going to make our old devices run more smoothly because from an environmental point of view, they want us to keep using them. And from everyone I've spoken to, the agreement is that Apple delivered on that promise. Does anyone anyone have any counterexamples or are people finding the same? I have heard not one single person say that this OS made their, uh, you know, their iOS device slower, which of course is the usual cry of the clickbaiters. It is. New which... OS makes, you know, makes old devices unusable. Well, so... this time, everything that is supported has been reported as running considerably better. Yeah. I mean, my, my iPhone ten wasn't running particularly badly, but it's running very, very, very smoothly on iOS 12. Um, Again, lots of little things. It's not been... It's it's not these new whiz bangs, but the little things are really good. Like the the grouping of the notifications has been a huge little, you know, a huge little thing. If that makes any sense, that doesn't make any sense. But you know what I mean. It's given me much pleasure. Uh, so, so what? What? what are, so basically, I just think iOS twelve for me. The autofill of one pa- the the autofill of passwords is a big deal. The new notifications are really pleasing. Oh, other than that, it just feels a little bit tidier. So, what are other people's feelings? The um, what's that? The feature where you get a text. You know, when you do, um, you get some apps that go, "We've sent you a text message. Enter this number to." Yes, the, the two factor auth. Yeah, yeah, and it fills in automatically. I love that. That's just such a nice little touch. You get the message comes up on the screen, you tap on the password box, and then it goes, do you want to use this number from this message? Yes, please. 
Yeah, so now yeah, I've stopped using SMS-based two-factor auth because SMS is just an utterly insecure way of doing these things, but it's still better than no two-factor auth. So, you know, it's it nice is. about it. And um, if, you, if you do have to use it, um, and with some sites that is the only option, um, yeah, it now will come up with a little box with code found in SMS, and you just tap it and it will enter it and okay it for you. So, that, you know, that's good. Yeah. Now, I haven't yet found something I want to do with shortcuts. I know I want to play with shortcuts, and I know oh, it's I a good hope. feature, but I haven't yet found anything to do with it. Has, has anyone got that going? Yep. I have finally, finally lived my dream. I get to say, ahoy, hoy, um, evening mode, night mode, lights off, sleepy time, uh, or I'm home, and it will uh, turn the lights on or it will dim them down, it will turn them off. It, it It's a little bit like, it does take about five or six seconds. So by the time I've walked up the house, actually got to the front door, I've probably saved no other no time whatsoever, but I get a nice warm, fuzzy feeling going, ahoy, hoy, lights on. And it, it bathes my front room. Well, it's still easier than having to find your device, fumble around in your pocket, unlock it, go to the, you know, swipe up to get to the the thing where you can click the home button I mean even if it doesn't save time it definitely saves effort either way just you know just saying what you want and having it happen uh, things other things like uh, sharing a screenshot I do that so I've got a little shortcut that uh, is on the share sheet so I know you can just press send uh, you know you go send type the number in then you know, send it again uh, but this just sort of removes that one little step um, so also, screenshots. So if I'm doing a review, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on a, actually doing some reviews this week. You can basically just run a shortcut that will take three images and paste them over an overlay of a phone. Uh-huh. Uh, what else? In fact, let me have a look at my screen now. Ah, yes, because I've reset my phone. I know what I'd like to do, and that is on certainly on the iPad, is, is create a, a shortcut where on... Uh, uh, believe, it, believe it or not, we do put show notes into the iMac <laughs> show notes. Yeah, really, we do. Um, and when, when, what I'd like to do is be able to copy uh, stuff from the the MyMac website because we put um, obviously the um, each of the articles from the MyMac website into the show notes, and I'd, I'd like to be able to do a process where I've copied the piece of information and for it to automatically then go over to the Pages app, open up the uh, MyMac um, uh, shared. Um, item that we've got between Guy and myself and then uh, paste it into um, the location where I've obviously left it. So I'm trying to work that one out. I haven't worked it out yet, but uh, I'm sure there will be others that come along. But at this point in time, I've not got much in the way of HomeKit. So I can shout at the phone and, and set it up all I like. It ain't going to work turning my lights on. So, uh... <laughs> But um, I, I, I think it will be a massive win for lots of people that... Uh, that do an awful lot on their phones, which are production, because most of the stuff I do is not quite so much production. I'm sure there'll be some leisure stuff as well. Um, I'm assuming after a few days, I'm going to start getting these suggestions uh, because the phone is going to notice me doing the same thing over and over again. At the moment, I'm on holidays from work, which means uh, there is no routine. Yeah. So can I refer you back to the senior uh, system neuroscientist? Because you bring that in. (laughs) That might be how they then bring that in, uh, 
Yeah. Well, I mean, in theory, right, the phone is supposed to watch what you do every day and pick up on your routine and then start offering you shortcuts. So I'm assuming when I go back to work next week and I fall back into a routine, because like this week I'm on holiday, so there is no routine. I'm just doing whatever the sudden hell I want, whenever the sudden hell I want. But in normal life, there are things I do at the same time every day. And I'm guessing the phone will notice that and start offering me shortcuts, at which point I guess I'll, I'll have more of an idea how this feature is working out. Oh, yeah. uh, you do get the good morning, uh, the travel to work time. Um, one thing I have noticed that if I'm in a particular location, at a particular time of day, it will sort of prompt an app to use based on time and location, uh, which is quite interesting. So if I go to Tesco, it will launch the app. If I go to go for a drink, it will open Slack. Uh, yes, I go to the pub just so I can talk to people online. On Slack, yeah. I was going to say, I usually yeah. talk to people face to face. <laughs> oh, you're one of those people with real world friends, are you? Oh. <laughs> well, now that our pubs aren't full of smoke, I find it a much more enjoyable thing to do. Anyway, okay. Um, and any other thoughts on iOS 12, or do we move into the the shiny shiny? Um, no. I mean, as I said earlier, the trouble is I've been using iOS 12 for so long. You can't remember what's new anymore. <laughs> remember what's supposed to be new because none of it's new to me well, in that case can i ask you a different question since since we have y- your experience here how how stable are the betas like if you've been using them for months how's that been brilliant brilliant and so um, would, would you have used them from like three or four on or did you really dive in at, at, at oh the no. very first beta? I, I mean from from uh the very first ios beta one so the first time that they did uh, an iOS beta, I can't remember when that was. What nine was it? Uh, like uh, we've had at least. If it isn't nine, then it's ten. But we, yeah, we've had them for a few years now, right? Yeah, well, I don't, I don't remember exactly when, but the first time public betas were available, I think the first public beta I jumped in at public beta two. And since then, my phone has effectively been one step ahead of the curve forever. Wow. Um, and It's fine I for you, clearly. The, yeah. Um, the, the worst things that I've had is either um, sometimes the news app would get funky and either, you know, would scroll so far down, you know, get like 10 stories down and then quit. Um, haven't had that recently. Uh, the very early betas of 12, I had a few apps which, uh, would either, you know, would open to a black screen and then close, but Mm. you know, it's a beta and it's beta one. You you, you expect those, um, occasional, again, in early betas, occasional graphical glitches where, you know, um, uh, UI elements like overlap or don't sit in exactly the right place. But I have been living on the iOS betas since there were iOS public betas, and I have very rarely encountered anything that I would consider more than a mild annoyance. And at the very worst, the mild annoyance has lasted for a week until either the you know the app developer has fixed it with an update or a new beta has come out and fixed it so um so yeah i mean if what if what if 
what you do is die on your phone, don't put a bloody beta on it. But <laughs> right, yeah, it is still me, a beta. Maybe a good beta, but a, a beta nonetheless. Yeah, it is still a beta. But as somebody who spends a lot of time on their phone um, using, you know, Twitter and Slack and uh, the news app and surfing and, uh, you know, cutting and pasting notes into into the show notes and things like that, um, I have, to all intents and purposes, had no problems ever since the first public beta of whatever version it was. Well, to me, the, the fact that you're still doing it after literally years tells me that it can't be catastrophic or you would have given up months, months, months yeah. and months ago. So that, that speaks volumes. That's, that's very interesting. It, Thank it, you. No, it's been very, very, very good. Um, as I say, if, if, if your business relies on it, don't do it, obviously, because you might break <laughs> something important. Yes, it um, could literally uh, cost critical. you money. Yes. But, um, uh, you know, as a... As a person where the worst that would happen would be I would be mildly annoyed for a few days, uh, it, it's been fine. Cool. Um, and it does lead to the fact, unfortunately, that, yeah, I can't always remember what's supposed to be new anymore. Yeah, not a bad problem to have. Anyway, let, let us move on to the shiny new hardware. So Apple had their Gather Round media event. Uh, you can watch it. Link in show notes to the video from the event. Um so let, let's walk through the, 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 the shiny. Um, so first off, let's start with the Apple Watch Series 4. Um, the big change from the Series 3 being gigant well, giganto screen is a, relev- a relative term on a device strapped to your wrist, but a, a noticeably larger screen, a mildly larger form factor but the same size of uh, band so the the bands are still interchangeable even though the physical design has changed for the first time since the watch has come out and very impressive new more active complications to make use of that very large new screen so Gaz since you got the new shiny how what are your impressions of it um well, it's it's everything I've heard everybody else talking about, really. Um, I know that a lot of people have said that in the past, it, I just wish it could do something just a little bit snappier, and I wish it could just, you know, all the things that you've been talking about, certainly mm. with the complications. And um, I've used the the standard, not say that that, that new complication that they've brought out. Uh, yeah, I guess the new standard. Uh, okay, yeah, and and I've I've started off with that one and uh, filled obviously all my corners and all the innards uh, on the complication with the things that I want, and I love the little. Um, icons at the top which tells you if you've got linked up to podcasts or you know you're doing something else so you can click on those and yeah considering I went for the smaller screen um, I I tried the larger one uh, and it just didn't fit very well in my hand and um, actually was a little bit uncomfortable so I went for the smaller one and I was a bit concerned about battery life and obviously that slightly smaller view but I found it absolutely perfect for you know navigating around um, yeah. And so that smaller size is now 40 millimeters, isn't it? Correct. Correct. Yes. So it's it, it's bigger, but smaller. Or smaller it's halfway between the old watches, know. which were 38 yeah. and 42. So now <laughs> you're right. at 40 and then 44 is the new bigger watch. But the, but the 40, the 40 millimeter watch still has a bigger display than the 42 millimeter um, original. Yeah. One. 
and and that the size of that screen, I'm finding it absolutely perfect. You know, um, I've not got massive hands, but I've still got quite chunky fingers, and I, I'm still, you know, finding it's it's fine. You have to get to understand it. I, I must admit, I, I was looking at it and trying to, what do I do here? What do I do here? So you do hmm. have to learn your way around it slightly, but it's quite light. Um, this is the first watch that I've worn for more than uh, how long is it now? So it would be. 40 minutes each way plus 10 minutes beforehand 15 minutes so probably about three hours at a stretch because normally I only wear a watch for rugby refereeing uh-huh, of course. Uh, so this is the first time i've worn uh, a watch for more than three hours on a stretch in uh on mo- multiple days for a long long time and i'm i'm quite enjoying the fact and enjoying the notifications that the device itself takes the readings well yeah, I'm loving it. Absolutely loving it. It's reacting well. I'm a little bit concerned about scratching the screen, but I was quite pleased with what you said earlier. So, um, yeah. Excellent. And um, I suppose one bit of advice I would give you is that over t- over time, you're going to discover what you need access to. And I would suggest that you revise your choice of complications as you start to figure out what matters to you, because I pretty much never actually use the app launcher everything I need on a daily basis is a complication. Yeah, I, I, I've got to say that, that I, I did that after about half a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you may find, sure, you know, a week from now sure you might want to tweak yes, a bit. I agree with you. Yeah, I'm already thinking about one of the complications, which I'm thinking, I don't really care about that. So. Yeah, and the, the, one, the, the one that you will soon realise you don't need is battery because these things go all day now. Now, first day I had it, I ran it out. Um, yes, because it was new and shiny, and you spent all of well, your time interacting well, with it. No, well, actually, not so much. I was um, doing quite a lot of. We did uh, quite a lot of walking, and then oh. I did the sport. So it may have been on the back of that because we were out for uh, three hours walking in the morning. That'll no, that'll do it, guys. So I don't know why this is right, but if you do, I can do a three-hour cycling workout, and it will take ten percent battery in total for those whole three hours. If I do a three-hour walk, that's 50% of the battery gone. And I okay. think that's why they invented the hike, which apparently is like a walk, but it just checks in less often. And that's what I've been using since then, because I may have had it on the wrong... the wrong. Uh, well, they, actually, I went outside for an outside run. And anyway, the last two days, it seems to be going fine. And yeah, totally agree with you. I had the battery on there when I thought, oh, this is going to be a nightmare. I'm going to have to keep charging it up. But since then fine so the battery um the battery one i'm definitely probably going to be removed and remember that if you swipe up from the bottom of the screen the battery is one of the default um icons in the little uh whatever you call that quick access screen which has now become editable by the way if people didn't notice that so if you pop it up and scroll down there's now an edit button so you can rearrange the icons in there now I happen to think the default ones are exactly perfect because the six things I need most often are available at the top. But if if you don't agree with Apple's defaults, you're now free to change those as you wish. So I was a bit concerned about the strap, obviously. Mm. Uh, what did you go for? Free. I just went for the um, 40 mil aluminium. Uh, so I just got the black sports strap with it. Is that the one? So it's the default Apple sports strap, so not yep. the Nike one with the holes in it? No, no, no. So as a sporty person, I would highly recommend that you consider as a second strap either 
Apple Sport Loop, which is the the fabric one with infinitely many positions. That is the single most comfortable watch uh, band I have found that you can sweat in. Or a close second is the Nike Sport with the holes. Those holes make all the difference in the world. Okay, I, I did. I did almost go for that first strap that you mentioned there, sports strap, um, the, the the fabric one. But I, um, I use knockoff I versions of it that I pick up for um, thirteen euro a pop. Uh, because they're fabric and I use them for sport so they get sweaty and manky and I basically use them for two or three months then feck them in the bin and grab a different colour but like I say I found them on on Amazon for like you know 10 10 euro plus postage and stuff like that I'm just having a look at one there it's the uh, is it like the the bossy Apple watch strap 42 millimetre woven nylon replacement band sport loop bracelet wristband for iWatch series 1 series 2 series that sounds like some idiot on Amazon would describe it yeah (laughs) Uh, Nike plus edition khaki khaki yeah okay yeah so I've gone for all sorts of colours and the the great thing is now that you can swipe between watch faces because I like to have the colours of my watch face match the band so I now have a watch face set up for every band I own so if I'm wearing my electric blue band I have blue icons and if I'm wearing my Rainbow Pride band, I have multicolored, and anyway, it's it's fun. I, I have to say that is one thing. Swiping through from the different complications is something I've got to use more of. I think because I think that's really useful. At the moment, I've kind of just been living with the uh, the main uh, complication. Uh, what I would suggest, guys, is that there's sort of a, a weekend mode one and a work mode one is what I find to be quite useful because during work mode, what my next meeting is matters to me a lot. During the weekends, I frankly don't give a flying bleep. Because what it'll just say to me is there's nothing happening till Monday. It's like, yeah, I know, it's a weekend. That's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> but um, I've heard lots of people say this is what the watch should have been when it first brought it out. Well, we can all say that. Hindsight's <laughs> a wonderful thing. Um, but actually, uh, if you're thinking about uh, one of these, then I would highly re- recommend it with just a few days in. Excellent. Well, I'm glad your first impression is, is positive. Because that that speaks a lot, I think. I mean, it is a very well refined product now. To, to me now, since the series, the series two to me really brought the Apple Watch forward. That was a huge big update. And since Watch OS three, things have really been good on the software front, and it's just continued to be nicely incremented. Like the the move from Watch OS four to Watch OS five, it's not earth chattering, but it's just lots of nice little things. And I like that. I, I, sort of, I think I referred to it once as the the inverse of death by paper cuts. It's love by tiny little kisses. You know, they're not earth shattering, but just lots of little things make me happy. Um, a big deal in this watch is Apple continuing to focus on health. Um, so the, the fact that the OS is getting better at tracking workouts and stuff, we've talked about that already. But there is also, if you are an elderly person the watch can do fall detection and something that caught people out is it's off by default unless you're over 65 i think it is yeah that's Uh, right which is probably sensible because if i'm out mountain biking i think that would probably count as a fall by any sort of sane accelerometer and i don't really want you know the the police and fire brigade called out to a random mountain somewhere this is something that um mark mark and I and Nick were talking about uh, yesterday uh, on the show that I've not yet posted, but um, <laughs> although the the immediate, um, you know, the immediate grab is elderly and infirm people, and then Nick said, but, you know, would a, an elderly and infirm person really be likely to be 
a, a top Apple Watch candidate. Well, I think actually um, yes, because they are because they are useful in this way, and yeah, that there is that. But what I also pointed out is actually, I don't, I don't. Although you know, your immediate thought about somebody elderly and firm is somebody probably in their late eighties, probably you know quite frail, maybe walking with a stick or a. Well, not necessarily, because um, people get ill at all sorts of ages. Well, exactly, and this is what came out in our discussion was that. Actually, people can suffer from falls for all sorts of reasons. You know, it could be uh, diabetes causing them to, you know, have uh, uh, hypoglycemia. Really good point. Yeah, yeah, because um, I, I have acquaintances with uh, who actually have an acquaintance who recently fell into a diabetic coma and wasn't found for many hours. You know, uh, people who suffer from epilepsy, uh, people yeah. who have you know, um, joint complaints, all, all, all number of reasons. And I also think Apple are also looking forward because, as I said at the time, you know, I'm in my mid-50s. Now, I'm relatively healthy, but, you know, in 10, 10 to 15 years' time, when I am moving into, uh, you know, a more elderly stage of my life and possibly at more risk, but I will be an habitual... Uh, Apple Watch user, so therefore, it's ready. I'm already there, and on top of which, although, um, as you say, it's disabled if you're under 65, there are lots of reasons. I think there are lots of reasons why you might want to turn it on if you do anything, um, remotely. Where you, you know, we were talking about, for example, if if you go running, if you go running alone, suppose you tripped over a tree root and fell and smacked your yeah. head on a rock. Um, you know, uh, my, uh, Mark likes to, you know, cycle. Now, I'm sure most of the time he actually cycles alone. Suppose he, you know, hit again, hit a pothole and was tipped off into a, you know, and hit his head on a tree or something. Um, does that work, though? Because does it have to sort of... Oh, no, sorry, I'm thinking about a completely different feature. Sorry, Simon. No, but it detects what, any, you know, any sudden, of effectively, you know, change in Yeah, velocity. basically the accelerometer says, oh, Jesus, that was a, that, that, that was sudden. Yeah. Then it goes arm, off and it says, movements, are you okay? Movements. Yeah, so it you basically know, do, it asks do, you. Do your arms suddenly go up or down or in other, you know, uh, protective modes? Um, and, of course, uh, the other one that came up, of course, is simply the stupid... I'm trying to get the book off the top shelf, and I think I'll, I'll just stand on this rickety old stool in order Don't to. Don't we do all that. do that? Yes. No. You're yeah. Actually, you're yeah. Right. Or changing um, the light bulb when we, you know, I'll use yeah. the spinny office chair. What could possibly go? Ah! <laughs> yeah, precisely. Now, um, the thing is that there's been some talk, and I, I saw it in the notes, and we'll probably talk about that in a minute, but. There's a lot of talk about false detections, but if you actually read what Apple say, first of all, it has to detect what it considers to be a hard fall. So, the excel, as you say, the accelerometer has to say, "Oh wow, that was a sudden change in direction, um, possibly with a sudden stop." Yeah, I think that's um, particularly the bit. It's you know, the fall doesn't get you; it's the landing, and I think the landing <laughs> is what's being picked up. Yeah. Then, well, so it's detecting your arm motion. So in likely full scenarios, followed mm. by a sudden stop, then it it it, it brings up an alert, um, you know, possibly on your phone as well, and says you appear to have suffered a fall. Are you okay? 
And you have a minute, I believe, to answer. And you have up to 60 seconds to say you are. Now, I'll be honest, 60 seconds is a long time to be unconscious. If you have fallen and are unable to respond within 60 seconds to say, okay, I think I'm all right, you actually need an ambulance. You need an ambulance. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 60 seconds is, that's, the the chances of a false positive are pretty low in that regard, right? If if you can't, within a minute, get around to tapping your wrist, you're right, you're in trouble. I mean, it's going to vibrate the phone, vibrate the um, watch, tap your wrist, probably set off an alarm, all and not just once, to... by the way. It it it, it no. tries a few times over that minute to get your attention. Repeatedly and say, are you okay? If at the end of a minute you have not responded, it brings up, do you require help? And if you don't respond to that... It, it calls, calls your emergency contacts and it or, calls... It, it, Whatever you know, nine. Yeah, so the or... yeah, so in your country, and also if you have an emergency contact set in your contacts, which I, by the way I recommend everyone do on their iPhone, so that when when you go to your medical ID, there'll be the ability for someone who finds you to contact uh, your significant someone, other, yeah, yeah. yeah, whoever you choose your, that to be, a uh, person to, of you know, be that your doctor or your spouse or you know, exactly. Uh, so I, I you know, and also while you're in there, set your blood group and any medicine you're allergic to because EM. EMTs are now trained to use that feature on people's iPhones where they can basically, yeah, well, without unlocking five, your phone... Five-button press, isn't it? Five, press five times to bring it up. And that will work too, but also if they just fail Face ID or Touch ID, it will bring it up as an option too. Oh, right, okay. Right. I wasn't aware of that, but I know you, if, you, if you press it five times, it locks the phone but brings up the emergency information. It does indeed, yeah. So... You know, I would recommend everyone do that because the ambulance drivers, um, EMTs, first responders, they're trained on that these days. And it means that if you are allergic, like I'm allergic to certain antibiotics. So if I something happens and I pass out, I don't want to be given certain antibiotics. Um, I have a rare blood type that's in there. So it it's kind of important. And I think people should fill it in. I mean, I know, out. as you know, as we were saying, it is by default turned off. The full for detection. under yeah. 65. Yeah. But, yeah, the forward detection. But if it was me, I think I'd be inclined to turn it on. If you do anything where you might be at risk of tripping, falling off your bike, you know, uh, if you do rock climbing, anything where you might suffer some kind of um, accident, uh, I think, you know, particularly if you if you do these things solo, because, like as I say, a minute is a long time. If you it cannot is. respond within a minute, you almost certainly require medical assistance. And just just for anyone who who we've convinced to turn this to turn on their medical ID, right? On your iPhone, you go into the Apple's Health app, and then along the bottom, the rightmost tab is called Medical ID. You click in there, you click Edit, and you set it up. And one of the nice little features is that this may change from country to country, but in Ireland, you can specify whether or not you're an organ donor. So if if it gets to the stage where medical ID is useless, at least your your organs can go to a good use. Oh, that's also a good thing. Yeah, so I I just noticed mine says organ donor with a little happy heart next to it, which I guess is a good thing, but I'm hoping it's not necessary. I'm not done with them yet. Um, anyway, so the other the other fancy pants health feature is a single lead ECG, uh, which is... It's an interesting first step towards taking um, the, the cardiac features to the next step. And 
one of the things that's been very interesting is purely with the little green LED shining light into your arm, it's amazing how much heart-related stuff the Apple Watch is already monitoring for you. And it's quite regular that you read stories about people's lives literally being saved by their watch saying, your heart's done something weird. And then people seeking medical help, well, they just felt a bit odd. And then the watch tells them, by the by, your pulse has gone bananas. And then they go into A&E and goes, oh, yes, you've been having a heart attack. And and things like that. So even without the new sensor, it was already quite useful. But now Apple, the the new Apple Watch has a certified over-the-counter one-lead ECG. So that needs a little bit of unpicking, right? So... The absolute best ECG to give you a full three-dimensional view of everything going on inside your heart is a 12-lead ECG. These are not even used all the time in hospitals. There's also, I think it's a six-lead is the one that's more commonly used. And then there's the one-lead, which is what the Apple Watch does. And that is the most important path across the heart, but it's just a single one. So it's it's not a full 12-trace. It's also certified as over-the-counter, which means... Its level of certification is equivalent to a pregnancy test. This is not designed for hospitals to throw their equipment out and give everyone a watch. What it's designed for is to give you, who previously had zero, something which is substantially more valuable than zero. But it is not a full hospital ER room strapped to your arm. It's well, not. Thankfully, again, there doesn't seem to be much scaremongering about, you know, when the Apple Watch came out and they were like all the GPS tests and stuff like that. And it was saying, oh, it's not as good as, you know, a Garmin Forerunner, which is a dedicated device, especially home for this. It doesn't seem to have that negative sort of press to say, well, it's not as good as going into a hospital. Well, thank goodness people aren't that dumb. But you're right. Actually, I'm kind of surprised we don't have that because it is clickbait worthy. I, I have seen one or two, um, and most of them are along the lines of, this doctor is worried that all his patients will be rushing into the surgery saying, my Apple Watch told me I've got something wrong with my heart. Um, he, yeah, but he's American. He gets paid for that, though. And also, <laughs> he should be delighted that people are actually getting stuff checked out, as opposed to the typical, well, certainly the typical Irish thing is, ah, it'll be grand. Yeah, well, as I mentioned uh, on more than one occasion when this has been, uh, you know, uh, sort of thrown at me, is I know for a fact that GPs, uh, you know, uh, emergency room staff, A&E, doctors, uh, ambulance crews, paramedics in this country, uh, you know, will tell you we would much rather you rang up and said, no, I think I might be having a heart attack. And they come out and check you and say, no, you've got indigestion or no, you're having a panic attack or whatever else. Then that you go, oh, it's just a bit of indigestion. It'll go off. And then dropping dead. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. And uh, I, I can sort of, for various reasons, um, there's, we've had, we have some medical issues in the family at the moment. And, any time I have ever asked an ambulance crew, the answer has always been the same. No, 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 no. You, you did the right thing to call us. Thankfully, it wasn't the worst it could have been. But you absolutely no. should not hesitate to call us when no. something weird is going uh, on. No, exactly. My wife um, had uh, an issue um, a few weeks ago. Uh, now, she, she has various medical problems, none of which are to do with her heart. 
but she was suffering uh, a moderately severe chest pain. And yeah. so we, you know, said, we're not happy with that. She said, oh, it's just my hernia, you know, my uh, gastric hernia playing up. It will be fine. No. And uh, I said, I'm not prepared to take that chance. And uh, nor was my friend who was here. And it was like, no, we're calling the paramedics. Now, the paramedics uh, came out. Admittedly, it did take them quite a long time to get here. But when they got here, they were saying, right, OK. And they did do, in fact, as you mentioned, a 12 trace. Um, <laughs> For the full job, ECG. yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they stuck dickers all over her to, to take an ECG. And in the end, they said, no, we, we are perfectly uh, satisfied. There is nothing wrong with your heart. Um, and they did various other things and said, okay, yeah, it, it, there are any number of things which could have caused it. It could be your hernia. It could be indigestion. It could be this, that, and the other. Go to your GP and uh, get a thorough check on Monday morning. But... You know, and then she was, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, I told them there was nothing wrong with me. And they said, we would much rather come out and check you and make sure that there is nothing serious and you are not going to die. Then, you know, then your family finds you dead in the bed in the morning because you didn't bloody seek help. Or you could look at it the other way around from a purely fiscal point of view. Which is cheaper for the NHS? Sending out an ambulance to check you now or dealing with six months of care after a serious heart attack? Exactly. Exactly. You know, if she was having the beginnings of a heart attack, they could have whisked her away and administered whatever, you know, um, prophylactic uh, exactly. medications are available. You know, clot busters and... Uh, yeah, and, basically, you know, the quicker you get and... seen, the less you spend in hospital, the less you're wasting a hospital bed. So, yeah, the, the, you know, even if you're going to be purely fiscal about it, it's still better. Anyway. The... Yeah, yeah, but we've gone off uh, uh, down a rabbit we hole. We have a bit, there, yeah. but I just want to sort of finally sum up. Um, this This ECG is not designed to tell you there is nothing wrong. It's designed for the opposite purpose, to flag to you potential problems... And every single potential thing it picks up is better than than nothing. So even if it doesn't pick everything up, it's still better than nothing, I guess is sort yeah. of what I'm not saying very well, but I, I, I think people get what I mean. Anyway, um, there's a few links in the show notes to some stuff about arterial fibrillation, which is one of the things that the, the new watch can pick up, uh, which the old one couldn't, um, what it is, and an interesting take from some doctors explaining all these different things. So it's... It's interesting to me. And then something else that caught my eye, which some people... Go on. Are you you sticking on uh, going down the heart route? Because obviously I'm not sure that I heard. I might have missed it in uh, what we're talking about. Obviously, it's got to be approved outside the US for all these things. Oh, yeah. I'd forgotten to say that. Yeah. So this feature is not available anywhere but the US at the moment. And uh, there is a link in the show notes to a story saying that it's well on track to be quickly approved in Canada, followed by a link saying, and UK approval is going to be darn hard and could take years. Boo. Yes. Boo, boo, boo. (laughs) Indeed. We'll have Uh, to wait and see how quickly it uh, spreads around the world. I'm not not going to uh, tell you where we should go, but I... Uh, Mark and Nick and I had uh, a certain amount of hilarity about the legal experts warn using the watch fall detection can land you in trouble. You did right. This just so I'm just I'm cranky about people making this out to be some sort of scandal. So if the fall detection goes off, then in the United States it is legal for law enforcement who have just received a notification that you need help to enter your home without a warrant. And somehow this was apparently some sort of scandal. It's like. 
No, no, no. That's the bloody point. Exactly. Well, we we were laughing about the fact that, you know, there was a sort of thing. You could end up getting arrested. What? Because I was burgling this house and I fell out of the first floor window. (laughs) And now my watch has summoned the police. And now I've been arrested. Boo. It's a witch hunt. (laughs) Yeah, I I do know. Some people just want to clickbait headline. Of bloody well, of course... Emergency services can come in to help you if your watch has sent an alert saying you need help, and that's exactly what you want to happen because something just happened, and your watch has given you a whole minute to say no, I'm grand, but you weren't yeah, able to, so you're I not grand. My, <laughs> exactly. My uh, our thoughts ended up being uh, who are the people most likely to be paranoid about this? Probably illegal drug users. Because In which case, don't turn whilst, it on. With, yeah, with whilst being completely out of it on some illegal substance, you have fallen and collapsed and your watch has phoned 911. And when they come into your house to assist you, they found a huge pile of illegal drugs for which they have arrested you. Well, but you know something? You probably don't still be need an help. Don't turn it on. <laughs> yeah, you prob- a, it's better than being dead. And B, if you're that worried about it, don't turn it on. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. So I'm going to move us on then into the shiny new iPhone. Indeed. <laughs> iPhone. So the iPhone 10 is no more and it has been replaced by the 10s, the 10s Max and the 10 or. So the 10s is the easiest one to explain. Imagine your iPhone 10 and just make it a little bit better. Basically, a little bit quicker, a little bit nicer, a little bit shinier, one year's worth of spit and polish. And hey, presto, you have your iPhone 10s, your typical S series update all in all. The 10s Max, then, is like the old Plus, but it used to be the case that, like, say, the 6 and the 6 Plus, the 7 and the 7 Plus, the 8 and the 8 Plus, the Plus wasn't only bigger. It was also better. It had a better camera, particularly um, image stabilization came first to the Pluses. It had more oomph in terms of commuting. It, was, it wasn't only bigger. It was also better. With the 10s and the 10s Max... The only difference is the screen resolution. It has the same really cool new camera. It has the basically all the other cool new features are the same. The only difference is screen size, which I guess is why they went with Max instead of Plus. And then the 10R sits between the two physically in terms of size. It does not have an OLED screen, and the OLED screen is what makes the 10S and the 10S Max such expensive devices. Apple have to pay reportedly just for the screen. 200 and something dollars which is the price apple have to pay for it so you know that is a really substantial fraction of the total cost of that device and so the 10or has a really nice improved retina screen as opposed to a cheapo oled screen which is probably the most sensible thing to do but basically imagine a better iphone 8 with all of the other features of the iphone 10 so your face ID, your face, you know, all of that kind of cool stuff is in there. But the screen is really good retina instead of OLED. And then you have the 10R. And that's now the sort of the cheapo model of the new 10. And to be honest, I think that's the most exciting of all of the, the different devices. So uh, let me see what else is there. DP Review have said that the camera absolutely rocks. Um, and also... Uh, DisplayMate have said that the new screen on the iPhone XS and XS Max is the best screen ever, which is kind of true. Did you see the uh, Gruber article over on Daring Fireball about the side-by-side pictures? Uh, it's 
you think, oh wow, you know, the iPhone 10 was like really, really impressive. And looking at the uh, the side by side, you're going, oh my god, it it, it suddenly it it just looks awful. They you know they single handedly just managed to kill the camera on the 10. And I haven't used a 10 yet, but I'm guessing the camera is quite a big step up over the seven. Yeah, I mean, I I have a 10, and I consider the, the 10's camera to be really impressive. So if they have managed to make the 10s noticeably better than what I have in my pocket right now, then that's darned impressive. It was very interesting to see, looking at two devices, and the only spec change was the screen. Do If they're paying so much for the screen, do you think that maybe that Apple really wanted to transition everyone to OLED? Or do you think that they had to do it to bring a new product out at that price bracket for the lineup? I think what they want to transition people to is Face ID instead of Touch ID, and they want the end of the home button. So I think basically to make that work meant using a retina screen, and I think Apple are happy enough to do that, because to be honest, a retina screen isn't ugly, right? It, it's, the retina screens aren't bad screens. Whereas and, not and having it. Face ID, not having those three, not having all of those sensors, particularly if they're heading in the AOR direction, they want to get those sensors into every phone, is my opinion. And so that's why I think the 10R makes so much sense. I'm a, I was really impressed with the 10R. And um, I did notice, um, at least I think I noticed, that the um, although it's an LCD screen, so it's not OLED, but uh, did they not say it was 120 refresh rate as opposed to the previous Retina? Is that not why it's called Liquid Retina? Yeah, it's basically, it's the next generation of Retina technology. So they've taken a Retina screen and made it better. So it's not, it's not just a Retina screen on a new iPhone. It's like a better Retina screen on a new iPhone. So Yeah, I'm saying I, I believe the refresh rate is 120, the same as it is on the iPad Pro. I don't know for a fact, but that sounds entirely plausible to me. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I saw that somewhere in in the specs. I, I, you know, don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure that they mentioned that the refresh rate was 120, like the um, iPad Pros. Anyway, yeah, sorry. Yeah, and the, another thing, like, so the camera is something they put a lot of effort into, and a lot of that effort, uh, iPhone X says 120 hertz. Yeah. Yes, that's 120. So that is nice. that is very fast. That is yeah, that is good. Uh, they're also they, they put a lot of extra brains into the, the system on a chip that powers the camera. So it's much better at dealing with high dynamic ranges, keeping sh- detail in the shadows and in the highlights at the same time. What kind of impressed me actually is the technology in the XOR because it doesn't have two cameras, right? So. The XS and the XS Max, 10S, I'm getting great shout out now. 10S and the 10S Max, they have two physical lenses just like the, the 10 does. And so they can do depth detection with parallax. But the 10R has a, a single. Now it's a really nice. So of the two cameras, uh, the wide angle camera got a lot of TLC in the 10S and the 10S Max. And that, that really impressive wide angle camera is what's in the 10R. Uh, but the Tenor can still do depth detection because they've combined two technologies in a very clever way. So they've combined their machine learning, which detects surfaces and basically which pixels are physically connected to which other pixels in the real world. And it combines that map of you know object detection, basically, with 
the data from the autofocus sensor. Which then means if there's an autofocus pixel that falls anywhere on the detected object that the machine learning has found, then all of a sudden it knows the depth of all of those pixels. And therefore it can actually do a really, really good job at estimating the three-dimensional structure of things and hence opening up the world of AOR and opening up all of the cool depth effects like retroactively changing the depth of field and all those cool features. And it's not doing, you know, it's basically doing it in a very intelligent way by combining machine learning, which Apple are clearly putting a lot of effort into, with the data from the autofocus. And that just made my nerd brain go, oh, that's so good. That's so clever. Don't don't you think, or, well, at least I think, sorry, um, don't you think that, that not only that is that amazingly clever, but if you were then in a couple of iterations to add the the true depth sensors that is in the face ID, you mm. would be able to do absolutely amazing three D trickery and yes. AR related tomfoolery. I mean it just to take the autofocus and effectively turn it into a pseudo LIDAR slash true depth measurement system is well, it's just clever. clever. It is it's, fabulously clever. You know, it, it's one of those things. Somebody, somebody, uh, you know, woke up in the middle of the night and thought, "I know, we could use the autofocus detection as a pseudo three D map." <laughs> That's just like you just yeah. think, how do these people do it? Really. Folks, I'm going to speed us up a bit because I've just seen the time. Um, uh, so the other thing to say is uh, it's dual SIM, uh, physically dual SIM in China, uh, one physical, one eSIM everywhere else. And also it's become more waterproof. It's now IP68 instead of IP67. I, I, I'm assuming eight is better than seven. Um and very quickly on very quickly on that, I watched um one of these um you could call it link bait, but he was on YouTube. They tested that and the Samsung phone, the new uh Max, and he actually put it down to a depth of forty feet. Whoa for ten minutes, for 10 minutes came up. Uh Samsung had finally broken. It had matched the uh the iPhone up to that point, but the Samsung had the screen had finally going uh broken, but the uh <laughs> the iPhone was still working. 40 feet. Now they don't recommend that. They don't recommend that, but uh, they pushed the limits. So, so getting rained on, even a good Irish shower, is fine for these devices. Which I guess is you know. So in the real world, we're golden, basically. Fingers crossed. Yes. Uh, just to say that this Apple event did also mark the end of some products. Um, the iPhone SE is no more, which I think will make some people sad. The 6S and the 6S Plus are gone. The iPhone 10 is gone, which I don't think anyone will mind, given that you have the 10 or. And the ceramic Apple Watch and the stainless steel Series 3 are gone. So if you want a Series 3, it's a sport or bust. Um, I do briefly want to just mention that one of the big clangers is something Apple didn't say. There was no mention whatsoever of air power, which was promised to us a year ago as coming, quote unquote, next year. And we're running out of next year fast. And it's absence was accompanied by an absolute slew of leaks slash rumors basically saying Apple are having one heck of a lot of trouble getting air power to work and the consensus appears to be that the thing is quote-unquote doomed to failure which is sad 
finally met their match against the laws of physics. It, <laughs> well, it does appear they got a bit hubristic and bit off more than they could chew on this one. Well, as I understand it, um, was it not supposed to have 22 different charging coils inside it? Well, the idea basically, so in a normal, on a normal touchy one, you have to be very precise, which is awkward and annoying. And so Apple promised to deliver one where you could just sort of basically fling it on three devices at a time. It'll figure it all out and it'll be perfect. And it turns out that the reason all the other devices make you have to be so precise is because it's really hard to do it any other way. And while Apple, Apple's goal was great, turns out the laws of physics do in fact exist within Cupertino. And the reality of the distortion field only goes so far. Yeah, but if Steve had been alive, he would have sorted it. Or Steve <laughs> Jobs would have never allowed it. Or insert something about Steve at some point somewhere. That that, that normally rounds off those sort of articles. It does really, doesn't it? So that, I think that means we should move on. I'm just going to finish up the show with just a few, just a mention of a few of the quick stories to, to draw people's attention to. Uh, the year of cheap battery replacements is coming to an end. So if you have an eligible device that you have been putting off getting its battery replaced, do so now uh, because you are running out of time. We do also know, though, that when when that cheapo batteries run out, there are going to be some changes. Um, so the normal battery replacement is getting cheaper, and also Apple have changed the process for changing uh, for fixing uh, screens, which is somewhat related. Um, so it's going to be easier for third parties to replace screens because they're going to need less hardware. So the whole screen replacement thing should get cheaper, and so basically. Following on from iOS 12 making the phones last longer, it's also going to become cheaper to fix them when you break them. So this is, again, Apple continuing to actually put some wood behind this thing of saying we're going to be green. So I sort of think that's good. Uh, Apple have also updated pages, numbers, and Keynote. They haven't forgotten about them, even though we sometimes think they have. They've also given Apple Music a bit of a tweak to make it easier to find your music. Um, They've also bought Shazam and dropped all the ads, which is nice. Uh, Johnny Ive is the second ever person to be awarded the Stephen Hawking Fellowship, following on from a certain chap you may have heard of called Stephen Hawking, who was the first recipient of the Stephen Hawking Fellowship. (laughs) Uh, Because it was not made by him, it was named for him, which is not the same thing. Indeed, yeah. It's like getting the Nobel Prize. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Although I don't think Alfred Nobel ever got the Nobel Prize because I believe he was dead. He did. Yes, I think he did actually uh, bestow it, I believe. Yeah, exactly. He set it up so it's actually not like the Nobel Prize. Mm. But anyway. Uh, And then finally, Apple uh, have teamed up with Salesforce in one of these other corporate partnerships, which Tim Cook has definitely brought to Apple. Apple weren't big on that before the Cook era. And the result is going to be HomePods in Marriott Hotels, uh, with a memory. So if you regularly stay in a Marriott, then the HomePod that you speak to in one Marriott hotel room will remember you the next time you're staying in another Marriott hotel group. So in theory, they say you can order a sandwich and the next time you go to order a sandwich, it'll remember that you like bologna or whatever you like. Mm. I think that's very interesting. Um, mm. So we shall see how that works out. Can that I can I jump in there very quick? Apple, that sounds like sharing data. I wonder how they're going to get. I wonder if you've got to use the Marriott. The part of the workaround to that is that maybe you'd have to use the Marriott app. To- well, this is going to be entirely integrated into the Marriott Hotel, right? This is not going to be a normal, a, a normal home pod. This is like a Marriott Hotel pod, I guess. And the Marriott Hotel knows who you are because you booked the room. So that's how that works, right? Anyway, guys, you want to jump in? Yeah, you did mention it very briefly, and I did spot the pun wood on green. Um, but I do think that Apple need a lot of kudos for their green 
uh, credentials. Uh, they are still pushing for it. And I think uh, um, that they do mention it, some of the keynotes. Uh, and uh, personally, I, I, I just applaud them for carrying on and moving forward and trying to make uh, uh, the green issue uh, higher up on people's agenda. Yeah, and yep. they've been doing it Very for lucky. many years, right? They, the Apple have been walking the walk as well as talking the talk for many, many, many years now. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, just a quick jump in on that. The last uh, iPhone that I had, which uh, was my wife's iPhone eight, uh, basically everything in the box is cardboard. The you know the tray that mm. the phone sits in was a compressed cardboard tray rather than a you know a plastic. A plastic tray. Yeah. The um, the headphones, I mean, even my seven, no longer come in a um, you know a polycarbonate box. They come no wrapped around liquid. a. No more liquid metal either. Oh no, paperclip. No, you get a, you get a liquid metal thing still. Still, <laughs> I'm not sure it's but liquid it, metal, but you do get a, a thingy for ejecting a SIM card. No, that's it. That's the only thing made of liquid metal. Did you not know that? That I, I believe Apple that's only in some the... countries because in Ireland we never got the liquid metal. We just have a plain old metal one. All oh, right. Well, um, in the UK and most places, right, you get a liquid metal uh, SIM ejection tool, and I can tell you. However they make that thing, whatever it's made out of, liquid metal or what, it is as hard as hell. And do not attempt to bend one because it will slice your finger off. <laughs> They're great, actually. I, always, I have one in my hand right now because I keep it handy. It's such a cool tool. Anyway, folks, thank you ever so much for giving so freely of your time. Um, Mark or Simon, would one of you like to please plug your podcast since it's the same one for both of you? <laughs> Well, I, as I am now the regular host, and Mark is a uh, part-time host of the uh, Essential Apple, I will uh, pimp the Essential Apple, and we are uh, the Essential Apple podcast, and you can find us, of course, on the MyMac network or over at uh, EssentialApple.com. And, uh, well, uh, of course, we have a tweet, which is Essential Apple. So, uh, yeah, that will do. I think you may have said the words essential apple sufficiently. I, <laughs> I think people what, may have got it? the message, but yes. So what, what, the, what the, I host the essential apple, you mean? That's the one. <laughs> G- uh, Gaz, do you want to plug, say, the MyMac podcast? Well, essentially, we're not the essential apple. <laughs> we, we are the MyMac <laughs> podcast uh, with Guy and Gaz. Yeah, but you can find us on the, yes, the MyMac network. And uh, it's a weekly fun look at Apple things in the main-ish sort of thing. Yeah. Actually, this is a very incestuous show. We're all, we're all on the MyMac network here. Well, yeah, you are. Yeah. Over at MyMac.com. Yeah, I've got six fingers. Yep. <laughs> Charming. I've been your host, Bart Bouchot. You can find me at, oh, actually, before I do that, um, show notes will be at letstashtalk.ie. There will be a section there called support the show. Thank you very much to everyone who does support the show. Patron, patrons through Patreon, you guys totally rock. You help me pay the bills every month. People who click the PayPal button, you guys allow me to replace hardware when it dies, to buy new software as needed, and so on and so forth. You, your support is very much appreciated and really helps a lot. Uh, and anyone else just tell your friends about the show that is extremely helpful and extremely appreciated so that's at let's-talk.ie I've been your host Bart Bouchot so you can find me personally at bartb.ie and until next time happy computing
You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello, everybody. This is Simon Parnell, the host of the Essential Apple Podcast, the show where we aim to take a wander around the week's news in Apple, news, reviews, technology, security, and anything else that catches our eye. Plus, from time to time, we like to have guests from the industry who we get to tell us about their products, their services, their history, their philosophies, what uh, drives them, and of course, just what makes them tick. That, plus a bunch of friends talking about the news in Apple. What more could you possibly want? Check us out on the My Mac Podcasting Network or over at EssentialApple.com or now available on Spotify and SoundCloud. <laughs> 